0: and welcome to another great edition of Talking Ticks. I'm Scott Gerard, Joining me, as always, Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger. Got a great one for you tonight. The Tigers uh, took care of the Florida Gators this weekend uh, in pretty convention fashion. Got a, a great win at home in Tiger Stadium, 52-35 to 35, uh, against what seemed to be our just our nemesis. I mean... Um, I don't know. It was a very chippy game. Uh, I'd love to see the spirit in the Tigers. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into the rest of the college football. We'll get into some coaching news and uh, whatever else comes up for whatever we have time for. But before we do, want to check in with the co-host to see how you guys are doing. I uh, hope you had a good weekend. I mean, couldn't ask for anything better on Saturday night, but uh, how are things otherwise? Hey, good to be with you.
1: Uh, good to talk about a, a really solid Tiger win. Um, you know, ex- excited for. Uh, well, what's I wouldn't say I'm excited for the rest of the season because I mean I think that I think that our with with uh, you know Ole Miss losing to Georgia as expected and Bama looking better and better every week, uh, we're kind of you know we're we're, we're, we're where we are. But um, a great win for us. Excited to talk about it with y'all.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed watching the game. LSU played their signature brand of football, which is lighting up the scoreboard on offense and hoping the defense can cover their tails enough to take out a a win. And it's at least an entertaining product to watch on TV, which I was trying to savor, given that sadly the football season is winding down now with only two plus a bowl games left uh, on the schedule, uh, which is is always a little bittersweet end of the the year. It seems like it goes way too fast, but uh, taking it one day at a time and and had a good day yesterday, watching the Tigers get a big win.
0: Yep, got a big win. We have a chance to get two more before the end of the season, and then you're looking at a bowl game. So, it's still possible that we could have another 10-win season, which would be two in a row. Not just for Brian Kelly, but for LSU, which I think it's been a while since we've done that. Uh but definitely within our sights. So uh Tigers great game against Florida. Uh, um yeah, they for whatever reason, no matter where the teams are, this is like I mean, I hate to give it this label, but it's it's almost like an iron bowl situation where uh these two teams just I don't know. It it I, I can't really understand what it started from. I would say maybe the the hurricane game a few years ago, or the Tom, Tom Petty debacle after that. I don't know, but these two teams don't like each other. Fan bases don't either, and it definitely showed on the field. Because I don't think I've seen LSU get that pushy with anybody all season, especially when we definitely wanted it and needed it. But I know. where was that fight? Where's that fight in some of the other games? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's that's what on the defensive side, man. right? So anyway, the uh, the Tigers brought it against Florida. Uh, Florida did come to play, at least early on. I mean, they were keeping up with us step for step. Um, we started to pull away. Then we kind of had a special teams mishap. Well, not a special team. It was just a fumble. Uh, left them back in the game. But after that, we we kind of took control and put it on cruise control after that. Uh, uh, Jane Daniels, um, for what happened last week, seemed fine. Didn't seem bothered at all. In fact, he set a, a, not just an LSU record, he set a national record. So uh, I'm just amazed with what this guy can do. We can talk about, we could probably devote like a quarter of a pod just to him and what he's done this season, although he's still got two more games. So we could we could probably put a pause on that. But overall, I'd say the offense did what it did and we had 52 points. I think we'll probably set a record this this season for like offensive production for an LSU team, which is amazing considering what we saw in 2019. But um of course, you know, defense was still kind of an open wound for us. Although, to their credit, uh at some point they, you know, they kind of put it into Florida. It seemed like they were just going to run over us at will, but we I mean we won by you know 18 point or 17 points so I'm I'm happy with that. Tommy, what you got? Uh I would say
1: gosh, a solid win um especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think that was maybe our best offensive performance of the entire season. Um definitely Jaden's best performance. I mean he he really did it all. Um defensively still our huge weak spot. Um we I mean really got shredded uh, by two solid backs. I wouldn't say they're the best backs in the country or by any means, but um, ETN and, and, uh, and the other guy, you know, good, good backs, but we made them look like, uh, you know, Heisman contenders. Um, I think that uh, offensively Malik neighbors, Brian Thomas jr. Looked like, you know, two of the best wide receivers in the country, like, like, uh, like they've been all year. Um, we didn't have any, any, uh, real bad penalties on the offensive side of the ball, which helped us, uh, unlike against the, like against Alabama, uh, or Ole Miss where, you know, like Will Campbell had costly, uh, costly penalties. Um, I mean, I think a solid win, but again, I think it it shows the final score and the, the amount of points we gave up show you why LSU is a good team, not a great team. Our defense is just not there to be able to and and our offense, though it though it especially last night looked like the best offense in the entire country, it's just not enough to to carry carry us past some of the best teams in the country who are more complete. Mm
2: -hmm. We spent a a good portion of last week's podcast discussing the possibility of Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer being LSU's starting quarterback in this game. And obviously that didn't happen. Jaden Daniels cleared his concussion protocols and didn't miss a beat out there. He looks to have no signs of any injury against Alabama and was even more superhuman than he has been in, in the past. And we also talked about how the defense could be costing Jaden Daniels a Heisman trophy as he really kind of reignited his campaign after a yeah. bit of a I mean, it wasn't even much of a slowdown against Alabama, considering you had like four touchdowns and a but, concussion. <laughs> right. It's not
1: his fault. It's just that, like, you know, like he had he has no help from anybody on the mm-hmm. defensive side of the ball. And, and, and
2: that's not his fault. Yeah. Uh, so. They, they brought it up on the, the broadcast multiple times. It was like Heisman winners with more than three losses or three or more losses in the last 20 years. And it was Tebow, RG3, and Lamar Jackson. So it's not unprecedented. Uh, it, it will be hard for him to make a case against maybe Bo Nix, who had another good game with a, a good Oregon team, or Michael Penix with the undefeated Washington Huskies. But he's really doing all he can to put LSU on his back. Uh, the defense was depleted by injuries holdouts etc got even worse when andre sam was called for a bit of a ticky tack targeting um which we, we might talk about later but uh oh. it, they barely clutched up at the very end things got dicey there for a minute after halftime when florida scored a touchdown and on the ensuing kickoff caleb jackson muffed it and they put 14 points on the board in, the, in two minutes and lsu was losing so things went from great to bad but then uh the they buckled up, put their seatbelts on, and, and the offense rode away with it. So uh, a fun win shows you what we can do, and also uh, our limitations as a team, which have hampered us uh, in the past, And but hopefully won't in our last two games here as we close out the season.
0: Yeah, it just kind of makes you wonder if we'd have had, I don't know, um, like the defense towards the end of last season, or just if we'd had the all the players that we had to start this season Now, maybe the team would have kind of come together and we'd, I don't know. I feel like we could have had maybe one less loss, at least. I still don't know about the Florida State game, but I feel like we could have at least won the the Ole Miss game, maybe the Alabama game, if we had a full defensive team and if they played with the fight that they did against Florida. Again, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But um, just going back to the offense, man, uh, Jane Daniels, he, he literally did, at all. Uh, he had his, he accounted for 606 total yards in, uh, you know, five touchdowns and he became the first quarterback in college football. Well, FBS history to have 350 at least passing yards ran for over 200 yards in a game. And I mean, just looking at like one was an 85 yard run. It wasn't even, supposed to be that but he just weaved and like he we were talking about him maybe having a Heisman moment last week against Alabama I I feel like he did this game against Florida he did several even Brian Kelly said it I just uh not that he's really like trying to start a campaign but I mean he he did something no one's done in college football before and if you just watch it it's just it's not like he just ran the guy's weaving in and out of people he's he's a really good runner uh we could probably have a discussion in the off season about you know between him and joe burrow about uh you know uh, greatest qbs in lsu history i wouldn't want to say who is the best but it's definitely a comparison could be made at this point i think right now as far as the rest of the lsu because he i mean he literally carried us um i mean obviously we had Receivers catching the ball, doing their thing, which is great. Neighbors, I think he's playing himself into a first-round pick at this point. Brian Thomas, Jr., definitely, definitely uh, showing out. Um, I don't know. Uh, the running backs, they they did help. Uh, it's unfortunate that we lost John Emery when he was finally starting to get brought into the mix and, and into the offensive fold, but uh, sad to lose him just for... I don't know. It's just one of those guys who's been around. You kind of wanted to see him have some success before he left, but he's probably out for the season. Uh, but, you know, other guys to help here and there. I don't know, man. I, it, it, it's kind of unexpected, but statistically at the end of the season, I don't know. Do you think we could be looking at one of, if not the the best for, uh, for LSU? History.
1: It's it's crazy to say. I mean, I never would have thought that. I, I didn't think in our right? lifetime we'd see somebody uh, like maybe better than Burrow. And after last night's game, I'm like, mm, he might be. Like he's definitely uh, more athletically we're gonna gifted. Fight. He well, he is. Yeah. He's definitely more athletic. He runs better. Um, he's been able to. Is he as good a passer? Probably not. Has he improved those touch passes? Is he able to throw down the field? The one thing he couldn't do last year? Yes. I mean, some of those ones he drops in absolute buckets. It's like yeah, now Bur- that one Burrow long touchdown. That? Burrow for- could do that at will in 2019 as well.
2: Um, I was going to say that one long touchdown for Brian Thomas at the end. He was streaking down the sideline, stuck out his hands, and the ball just fell into his hands. He didn't even turn his head. He knew the ball was going right there and it just fell right in
0: there. It scraped the clouds, man. That was it, teardrop. It's crazy. So, I mean, I do.
1: He's up there. Uh, and, and then you think about what he he's, is. He, is he doing? Is he doing less? I mean, is he doing more with less? I mean, Burrow's team, like that 2019 team, when you look when you look back at it, I mean, Clyde was a, was a top level running back um, in college football at that time. We don't have one of those for him right now. Obviously, he's got two of the best wide receivers. Are they as good as Jamar and, and Justin Jefferson were? I don't. Maybe. Maybe not. Um. You know, I think that there are there is a case to be made that that he is doing more. Uh, I mean, okay, another offensive line. You know, the the, off, the LSU offensive line in 2019 were rated the best offensive line in the country at the end of the season. Yeah. I don't think our yeah. offensive line is going to get that award this year. I mean, Joe no. Burrow had
2: a true wide receiver three in Terrace Marshall. Terrace and, Marshall, And yep. then a better tight end in Thaddeus Moss than Mason Taylor, I would say. Definitely more, definitely like more
1: impactful. Taylor hasn't really had a big catch since, since the Alabama game last year. <laughs> um, and so you think about it like that offense, maybe it's more complete is like, what would he look like with with the amount of with the talent around him that Burrow had? I don't know. I hate to be making this case right now because I'm a, I love Burrow. I'm, I think Scott doesn't want to hear it. What do you think, Scott?
0: No, I'm. What I was going to say is like I said, we could probably have that conversation later. I I hate the who's the best. I mean, Burrow is Burrow. Jaden is Jaden. Now we could look at the numbers, but I'd say let's at least wait till after the bowl game because hopefully. We're going to be in a good one and he's going to play, but that's, that's all I want to say. I just want to wait. Cause we still have two more games.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely still more, more to be seen. Um, But I mean, it's, it's, it's like a, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, a good problem to have. You know, it's like, who's, who's better all time quarterback. Yeah. Like,
2: but, I mean- um, We're only two years removed from Max Johnson and TJ Finley starting for LSU. Uh, We've come a long way from there.
0: (laughs) And neither are starting wherever they are. Uh, But the only thing I will say is for right now, since we'll probably have this conversation, you know, after the SEC championship game and before January 1st, I will say that I think Jaden is definitely doing more with with less, quote unquote less. yeah. Yeah. Not that, his receivers are like a huge downgrade. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think you could make the case with Thomas and uh Neighbors against uh Jefferson and Jamar, but I I don't know. Um I I'd, I'd say overall cuz by this, you know, by the time that Joe Burrow finished the the regular season, he had ahead of steam. We were going to the champ the, the SEC Championship game and everyone knew who he was Jaden. It's like, even all he's done so far, it's like they, like, there's still, you still see things in social media. And there's all these, Oh, who's going to win the Heisman. Jaden's not even in the conversation. It's ridiculous. But I think, yeah, they, they mentioned it at least three times, four times in the broadcast. One time when he was actually after a touchdown, he was doing a little Heisman pose on the yeah. sideline, which is perfect. Um, I think, um, He's probably definitely earned a trip to New York. And if he doesn't, somebody. It's a crime. You know what to say? Yeah, somebody's exactly. be arrested. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, on the topic of why he might not be the Heisman, you, you got to look at the defense. Yep. And is there any chance? I wanted to ask this because we're going to talk about fire coaches here in a minute. But is there any chance we think that Matt House is gone at the end of this year? Is House uh, going housed? especially in light of just how bad we've been and the contrast between our dynamic offense and pretty much pathetic defense at times. I know he hasn't had the tools he w- he wants to integrate his scheme. They mentioned that on the broadcast that he had to uh, kind of soften up his tactics a lot for the the young guys on there. I don't know how true that is, um, but then you're like, well, why is it so complicated in the first place? Uh, right. and,
1: I feel and- like we've heard this story before. Was it Durante Jones who they said the same thing where he was like, oh, like he, he's, he's talking about all these concepts and the kids don't understand it. I think it was Durante. Yeah. Been through,
0: been through a number well, of them. Yeah, guys that were in the NFL and came back they down. They come down and they're not able to, to, same, to... Same, Yeah, same thing with Kevin Steele, from what I heard. Yeah, no, you're right about
1: Kevin Steele, although somehow he's able to figure it out in Alabama.
0: I mean... Right, or he did uh, it at Auburn, too. Yeah. After he left us. Um.
1: I, I actually do think I, I probably, I would, if I am guessing right now, I think we do make a
0: move on uh, Matt house at the end. Right. And Baylor's really not having a good season. So maybe uh-huh. Aranda? Aranda comes back. Yeah. And then, I mean, our offense is fine, but guy, what if we had Aranda and Jimbo?
1: Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that would take our offense would, would, would downgrade.
0: No, be I, a... I think he'd be a good coordinator.
2: Getting a random back, I think, would be a, a good move, but it, it would be expensive. I feel like to have to pay him what he's probably going to want, especially if we were paying a buyout to Matt House. Um I mean, well, if, I'm sure some random usually when you,
1: if you're let go, if you're let go as a as a, as a a head coach, like you don't necessarily get the head coach money again. A
2: little okay. clearance rack discount on him. Yeah, you have to kind of earn it. You have to
0: build yourself back. Yeah, um, we gave him a, well, he was the highest pick. Well, he got like a million million four I think, yeah he was the highest was, paid dc
1: uh, in the country yeah when he left us the other okay now the other one i've seen people talking about is blake baker yeah um he used to be with us he, he used to be, be with us it was our lineback correct he was a linebacker coach he's doing a really good job at missouri um yeah i was gonna talk about missouri they're good i mean he could he could easily be one and i think he it, and and from what i heard um, like there, there was like a very, there was it was like a 50, 50 shot. He was actually going to be retained because he'd done a good job with LSU. He'd really developed, I, th- I believe it was Damone Clark who had been kind of his, his kind of, uh, you know, case study of, of what he could do. Because I mean, going into that, that, cause he was only with LSU, I think a year and, um, going into that first year or going to that only year, Damone Clark was really, a very athletically gifted, talented guy, but who just could never put it together. And then by the end of the season was one of the best, best backers in the country and got drafted. Um, so I think, you know, by the time coach O was fired and Kelly was brought in, uh, you know, he had wanted to stay and kind of and had discussions of staying, but Kelly wanted to bring in his own people. Fair enough. And so he, he obviously, you know, he fell forward. Like he got, a he got a, a DC job in the SEC, but um, could be a could be an avenue back. From what I heard, also his wife is a huge LSU person, so I think it would. I think he would probably jump at at the opportunity if it came.
0: Hopefully, uh, now as far as our defense, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to really expect for because we're we're just so thin. Uh, it's like we were already thin at cornerback, and then we had a guy ejected for just. Making a tackle, as, as Brian Kelly said, I mean, he I could tell he was really holding himself back because he wanted to just get on that press conference and go, "This is effing Oh yeah, because of what happened last week, where oh he was roughing the passer, but he was obviously trying to hurt the guy. They submitted it and they said, "Oh, it was illegal," you know, it wasn't targeting. But then our guy this week was targeting, so uh, it just makes you wonder. Uh, but if you put that aside, because that wasn't the reason why our defense was so poorish, but it does seem like I, I don't know, man. I just to watch ETN and uh, the other guy just Both running Louisiana all the products, his... By the way, oh, I know. Like I, I, they were talking during the broadcast about how ETN, or no, the other guy, um, Johnson. Johnson. Name, thank you. Uh, he grew up in Louisiana. He grew up an LSU fan and. They were always talking to him, but he never got an offer for a shoot. Went to Florida and he said he, you know, he's, he's carried that with him. He wanted to make it a point to show them, you know, you should have, you should have. Yeah. Uh, well, missed. I don't know if you miss, if you never try, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Uh, they didn't shoot their what shot passed on. Right. Uh, so I would say that he, you know, he. I hope he does. He he felt like he got his revenge because he ran all over us. Uh, both of them did. And we just didn't do anything. It, was, it wasn't it was even anything like they were, you know, just faking people out. They just, it was like a wall of people. And then all of a sudden these, the wall moves or these guys just shoot out of a hole. And that's how it was for like a quarter and a half. The way they we were able to anything. run between the tackles is just startling to me. I know. That's what I don't get. You can, you can say, You can try and save Madhouse by saying, Oh, well, you know, we've had a lot of injuries, but no, dude, there's, there's, there's some schematics that are off there. It didn't seem like the guy really makes any adjustments mid game. I don't think.
2: Yeah. And then one point that we were expecting to be one of our strengths before the year, kind of the defensive line interior with Jacobian Guillory and Mason Smith about the only plays they made was like getting penalties and, Guillory getting involved in some fisticuffs after the play. <laughs> it's Wait, like, oh my get, get it together, man. He was he we, was bunching up after every play. Can we talk about
1: Guillory going crazy after like a play that he felt like he did well in, then making himself tired, then getting called off, then running, tripping, and being like
2: pulled off the field? <laughs> did you see this?
0: I didn't yeah, he,
2: that. he he almost made to the side he just like collapsed basically and then he was like Wang! and then they were like oh, well sh- is he hurt or not and then they, they kind of got him off of he he, he, he brought so scott say so like guillory like
1: is like involved in a tackle or something on like third down or four or second down that like led the third down then they were going to like move into a new personnel for the next down so he's celebrating and then i think he hears like they're like all right you know Gill tank because they call him tank you know tank giller but stop you know off off so then he's like oh gosh i gotta run so he starts running well he like as he's running off he like trips or like he gets like too caught up in the moment or something and falls like right by the sideline and then this other coach like literally these cut these coaches come over and just like grab him and drag him off the field
0: can't have 12 men get him off it was I was like this
1: is exact yes this is perfect like exactly what what our defense is
0: great interesting yeah so I don't know I'd say we'll put a a TBD we'll put a little sticky note on Matt house because I don't know I don't know what Brian Kelly thinks I don't know if Brian Kelly looks at that and goes well no he's lost some guys I because you know they know the inner workings of things they know way more than we do about what's going on so yeah um, uh, I don't know
1: do we do we like when you think about personnel? I mean, Perkins is good. He's as good as I, I wouldn't say he's, you know, having the, the breakout absolute star power year um, we, we yeah. hoped he would.
2: Yeah.
1: No. Uh, call it a sophomore slump, but whatever. He's still good, in my opinion. Um I think that Mason Smith has been a big disappointment. Our defensive backs are not very good. I think our linebackers in general are actually pretty good. Greg Penn's pretty good. Omar Spates is pretty good. Weeks is pretty good for uh, is actually very good for a fresh a true freshman. Um, is there do, like do we think if you give us if you give us a, a like a, a, a almost you know straight up upgrade on on all levels of personnel? Do we think that this this defense is better? Is it just we just don't have the guys, or is it really a a defensive scheme, a defensive coaching issue? Um, I I tend Sorry. to think it. I, I tend to think it's that we don't have the guys. I mean, we've talked about it on the defensive back perspective, but when you look at like the 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 way the way that we were shoved around from the on the defensive line last night, and the way that they were able to to just shred us. Like I said, between the tackles, I mean, we had no, we we were not able to maintain any gaps. Um, mm-hmm. And you think back to some of those LSU teams with Benny Logan, with Arden Key, with Sam Montgomery, Barkevius Ming. I mean, just some of the some of the defensive ba- uh defensive linemen that we used to have, they would have never allowed that,
2: right? Yeah, I think it's probably seventy percent players, thirty percent coaching. If I had to break it down, I mean, I don't put a ton of the blame on the guys who are like playing cornerback and right now, because this was not supposed to be their season. And then now oh, they're yeah, kind of yeah. forced into that. But well, we in got positions like Toviano,
1: who's a true freshman, and he actually had a decent game last night.
2: But players like uh, Major Burns and Andre Sam and Sage Ryan, like these guys are in some places like highly recruited, in other places, transfers like they're just not quite the the right fit or is quite as dynamic as we need them to be and i mean like like i mentioned with mason smith or Jacoby and guillory like these were highly recruited guys and then just never quite panned out the way they were supposed to be which is unfortunate but then when you're mixing them with people from the outside um west weeks omar spates uh, a number of defensive lineman transfers. I mean, Makai Wingo's hurt, but and he's played pretty he well was, though. He's our, best. Um, yeah, he's
1: our best defensive lineman.
2: Yeah. He, unfortunately, he's in sweatpants for the rest of the season because he elected for surgery. But yeah, just a, a mixed bag of, of unfortunate circumstance on the defensive end. And then Matt house just couldn't round him up. And, the, the fact that we haven't shown much improvement over the course of the year is a bit unsettling. I mean, yes. in certain spots we've gotten better, but I mean, we're still giving up 40 plus points almost every single game. Well, and some spots so have gotten worse. I think our yeah. defensive line play has gotten worse. Mm hmm. And I mean, college football as a whole has gotten more offensively focused. And so you're expected to give up a certain amount, um, but not 40 plus against kind of middling oh. opponents. Uh, So it's hard to say that we probably won't get that much better next year. Hopefully some of this early playing time for the players uh, like a cornerback position will prove beneficial in the long run because they they know what they're getting into. Uh, And maybe a few position coaching or defensive coordinator changes can have a a bigger effect than we're uh, seeing, but I wouldn't get too much stock in a a big
0: turnaround next year, which is too bad. Right. Unless there was a big change uh, coach or otherwise, if we've got some transfers in, uh, you know, we're probably going to hit the portal. Right. Or at least Brian Kelly would be open to it. I think we Brian have Kelly to would definitely be uh, on the defensive
1: side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, like, Let me just look at this depth chart because I, I just don't. I, I mean, even just defensive backside, like, I mean, this sounds really, this is really sad to say, but like. I don't think Ray Brooks is coming back next year. Right. No. He's got, he's got bigger, he's got bigger things to tackle than, than, you know, Alper. Um, you know, like, I think we, I think we need to pick up some experience on the defensive side of the ball. I, I hope, sure. I, I hope we can. And, and then of course, like we've talked about for the past, you know, a couple, couple of weeks, like, uh, there's a half decent chance we pick somebody up as a, uh, in the as a quarterback.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think it's a good uh, talking point for recruiters. If you're trying to land some DBs, like, guess what? Everyone says they need you. We, we actually do like, it's, it's very possible you could come in here and start. Yeah. you just got to show up to camp, (laughs) you know, and they can look at, they, they, if you're, if they follow college football, like most of them do, they, they can see that. Um, I don't know. Uh, as far as special teams, I think we did. Okay. Ramos did his kicks. We, we, I mean, we had that one costly fumble from Caleb Jackson, but I mean, that's, uh, I think that could just be a one-off thing. You could tell he was looking downfield before he actually caught the ball. But um, I will say this to our credit, like we haven't really given up much special teams wise, right? Maybe some, some field goals, but like, uh, and maybe this is just the, with college football in general, like we, we haven't run any back. No one's really running any back on us. You don't really see that much anymore, especially not on kickoffs, obviously, but I feel like special teams as a whole in college football, it's, it's just it like feels a little water now. Down. Yeah.
1: No, I, I think you're, I think you're totally right. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was watching last night. I watched a ton of games on, I watched, uh, I don't know if y'all call it this SMU game SMU North Texas on Friday um well let me don't you didn't miss anything it was a pretty bad game <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, smu uh, dropped so many like just open open touchdowns like streaking down the field ball hits the receiver he has no, nobody to beat or, you know just open door to the end zone it just just bounce like pops off the guy's hands it was bad but anyways i was watching and every game i watched and I, like i said i watched probably five or six games this weekend I would, I would, I was paying attention to punt returns because I was just like, we, I I know we've talked about this and we've talked about who's our return guy. Can we get a dynamic return guy? Can we do something like, and I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I think, I think one, I think they've, they've really tried to eliminate return, the return game through rule changes. um, Cause it's, cause I mean, people always say it's the most dangerous, you know, especially kickoff is the most dangerous play in football. Um, but I think you're right. Like, I I didn't see a single I I can't name you a punt return that's gone back for a touchdown in college football that I've seen this year. And this weekend, when I was watching, I didn't see it like a really a single explosive punt return. Mm. Like where like a thirty yard, forty yard punt
0: return. Do you think it has something to do with this this new rugby style punching where they they hike it and then the guy runs to the side a little bit and is kicking on the run yeah because it it changes things
1: it changes the timing it gives it gives the the gunners more time to get down um and then i think also with the like the fair catch with the fair catch rules It's like, you know, it's it's a safer, it's like a higher percentage play. Just take the fair catch. Because then if you get hit, or if like, if there's something that's like, that could be an extra 15 yards. I saw that last night against, uh, when the, in the Oregon game that I, that I capped off my night watching. Um, somebody, somebody fair caught. Uh, I forget which, which side it was. And, uh, you know, somebody calls fair, fair catch. He, Receives the ball and then it like drops, but then he but he got hit. So it should have really like I think like you know five years ago six years ago it's a muff punt. It's the it, it's the other team's ball, but because of the because he calls fair catch and he needs the opportunity they have to give him the opportunity to take the to take the 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 the, the, the kick. Um, I don't know. It was like fifteen yard penalty. So it ended up being like what you might call an explosive you know the result was like a, a big gain but he didn't do anything to, to do it no yeah, i, I
2: guess just the, the benefit of a possible return does not outweigh the risk of either like dropping the punt or just having something go catastrophically wrong it's better just to, to play it safe and um, it seems like it, for, to me it seems
1: like i see a lot of like hitting like hitting the punter after a fair I mean hitting the hitting the returner after a fair cut catch. Like i feel like that's more common these days. And so, and that's like free yards. So it almost
0: makes you mm-hmm. want to call a fair catch more. Sure. Um, I don't know anything else about this game. Cause like I said, with this, with this Florida team, man, we, you know, who knows how, how often we'll see them moving forward with these, this new pod situation, but, uh, uh, I don't know. It became a good rivalry. It's, um, Oh yeah.
2: She's won the the last five in a row, which is kind of wild. And I think like 11 of the last 13 or 14. So it's been kind of a one-sided rivalry, but yeah, a lot of emotion. You could see that in the players. So it was always to take that away. Oh yeah. No, definitely. I think that,
1: um, I mean, you talk about talking about rivalries. That's a big, to me, that's a more meaningful rivalry than A&M. But, I mean, that's just me. Um, I think that the, the one takeaway I had is like, man, Billy Napier, is, his star is not what it was. It's not shining like it was two years ago. I mean, I, do you remember there were multiple people in LSU media, Baton Rouge media, saying, yeah, we totally missed. Brian Kelly's going to be a dud. We should have gotten Billy Napier. I'm
2: like, oh. He's okay. Yeah, I guess uh, the big leagues are a little tougher than the Sun Belt.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. Like I, I think I'd rather have Shane Beamer than Billy Napier.
0: <laughs> right? I uh, I don't know. I think I. would Yeah, I'd probably go with Shane. I mean, he he gets his guys fired up. He's emotional. He's kind of a cooler. Um, he's a cooler guy. Sure. Yeah, yeah you could see that. Um, but also, Napier's
1: haircut bothers me. It's yeah. kind of a weirdly shaved head.
0: I don't know. He just looks kind of weird looking. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he has a good head of hair, but yet he still does the buzz, and it's... But nice. it's longer than it... Bu- like, it's like he buzzes it, but doesn't keep it buzzed. Right. It's he, like
1: it's like too long.
0: Right. To For those buzzed. that know, it looks like he uses a flow Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um... But uh, speaking of coaches, uh, just some interesting news this week because, you know, there was what was going on with Michigan with the, you know, the, the, just the, the recording of teams signals and signs. I even saw a stat where uh, what Michigan's record was before they brought this kid on versus what their record looked like after. Um, but I don't know. I guess they're taking it serious. They, they suspended Jim Harbaugh uh, for this week. Uh, against Penn State. They still won, but it's definitely it's definitely not going away. And then you also had Jimbo Fisher getting canned by AM. So he's going to get the largest buyout ever and you know, he can do whatever he wants next year. It'll be interesting to see where he lands like if he does land another head coaching job or if he would relegate himself to a oc position but on a good team right um because obviously money i don't think money's an issue for him it was when he signed with a&m but i don't know if she, at this point you're like dude you don't need money don't you just want to coach and i make Come a prediction yeah i think i think he'll end up at one of two schools
1: as an analyst or a an assistant or just just kind of hanging around i think it would be at georgia or alabama I think he wants to go. I think he'll go there. I think he'll be a winner. I think he'll, you know, like be a be a QB type coach or at Alabama they would slap him as an analyst,
0: you know, whatever that means. But um, yeah, because they got Tommy Reese right, and he's
1: yeah, like I mean, he, Reese has seem, he's seemingly done a pretty good job. I think I think Saban's happy with him, but um, Saban loves to collect these guys. You know what I mean? Like if he can pull, if he can pull, I mean, from, from that perspective, like if you can add Jimbo Fisher to your staff at really no expense to you, like you don't, have, you're not paying him $74 million. If you yeah, add him, like, uh, like he did with Lane Kiffin, exactly. Like he did with Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Uh, why not? So yeah. I, I think, I think he would probably, I think he'll probably end up at, if he, if he coaches again, I think
2: it'd be, or if he's, if he lands at another school, you know, next year, I think it'd be Georgia or Alabama. I wouldn't be super surprised if, Jimbo takes a little bit of the Ed Orgeron approach and just kind of steps away for a couple of years. Enjoys his seventy-four million. I don't know if he gets it all as one lump sum or if it's <laughs> some sort of annuity. Uh, he's like he's like winning the lottery. Is he going to take that take the money all at once or paid out every time? Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be. Uh, amazed if he just kind of lays low for a little bit, but I think he does have a bit more of the competitive drive and Oh, and he's going to want to get back in the arena and put some more W's on the board at some point. So I think your perspective makes a little bit of sense, Tommy. I don't know if Jimbo would relegate himself down to like FCS level, like we've seen with some other, uh, coaches, Mm -hmm. but maybe, maybe he ventures away a little bit into like the big 12 or, um, maybe the big 10 and tries to put a little offense in there somewhere. Uh, but he's probably not too saddened with what's taken place here. He had some OK seasons, got some big recruiting classes. So it's not like his resume is completely empty. Uh, places will want him to, to help out, at least on the recruiting trail. He's shown to do that. Um, it's amazing, just, though,
1: when you look at and like I've seen people like put the graphics together. It's like Jimbo Fisher is Kevin Sumlin. It's like the same coach. They have the same mm-hmm. record. They have the same like you know like the same uh, playoff appearances. The same everything. And it's like they they fired Kevin Sumlin, who I actually thought was a was a good coach for them. I really liked him. I liked. I mean, he he kind of was one of the spearheads of modern college football with with his approach to uh, Johnny Manziel. Um, I think that I mean they fired him for not no reason, but they got rid of him quick to bring Jimbo who was going to be the savior of this program. And he basically did the same thing,
2: which is kind yeah. of hilarious. And to, to, call back to earlier in the podcast, when we were talking about Jaden Daniels doing more with less than Joe Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher has done less with more. I mean, he had basically <laughs> about anybody resources. in the whole country. <laughs> yeah. All the resources in the world Um, for, with however, he got them to campus recruiting multiple top five classes. Uh, many of whom exited after only one or two seasons and, yeah, just a lot of a lot of backing financially and uh, athletically, but just can never get it home. They almost sniffed the playoff during the COVID year in 2020, but they didn't quite make it. Yep. And it's hard to see A&M getting back to the, well, I don't know if they ever were there, but getting up to the top, top of college football anytime in
0: the near future. But don't you think it's weird that they did it just this particular week out of all weeks? Because last year they were what? Yeah, that, that was had, weird to me. They had like, what, four wins? um this we i mean they're still six and four they're already bowl eligible and they smacked mississippi state yeah 51 to 10 they did this after a 51 to 10 win he brought in a new qb and this kid accounts for four tds in his first start and they're like that's it we've had it jimbo's out of here hey, why this week
2: we we fired in the round ever after a big win against florida right <laughs> Oh, that was even weirder when they had like the press conference, like forced him to come and like back the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he was he's gonna like, go- I'm still going to coach- be. He's like, I'm
1: coaching the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. <But I'm> not- <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, it is just bizarre. But here's a question, know.
1: though. Does does his old buddy is his fishing buddy. uh Scott Woodward have a place for him. Does he want to come be an analyst here? I mean, they're supposed to be best friends. I, yeah. Stranger things have happened. I could, he, he and, could work with Nuss. Yeah, exactly. What does he want to be a quarterback whisperer?
2: Right. Him and Denbrock. <laughs> what? What about the other big one? What about Harbaugh this week getting suspended for the last three weeks, including Ohio State? Obviously, Michigan put their passion on the field and, and shut down Penn State, which is a big win for them. Uh, yeah. But. I mean, I guess this is it means it was serious there. The NCAA said to go sit down, but maybe not that serious if they're not willing to do anything worse than just a three game suspension for the coach.
1: Well, it's not, well, no, it's not the NCAA. It's the, I think it actually is more serious because it's the big, it's the Big Ten that did it. Oh, you're right. And so, you know, in in this, in this scenario or in this like situation, the conference in college football, the conference has all the power. The SEC has all the power over SEC teams. The Big Ten has all the power over Big Ten teams, um, and so and, and like the Big Ten wouldn't want to hamper their own chances of going to a playoff, right? Like they have an interest in Michigan being good. The the NCAA has no has, doesn't theoretically doesn't really care which teams are good and which teams go to the playoff because they have they don't get anything out of it, but. The Big Ten does because of the rights packages and you know the amount of people who go to bowls and all that, the revenue sharing. Um so I actually do think this is more of a big deal than than maybe a typical NCAA violation, just because it, it's coming from the conference.
0: Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's I, I think it's bad that he's not gonna be there. I think even Ohio State fans would say that they would want Jim Harbaugh there so that they know it's full strength against full strength. Also just so they could see his expression expression on his face when he loses but that's not the case uh i i don't know Uh, but here's the thing is you know they i mean they beat ohio state twice in a row i mean even if they did it this year does that really mean that if they get in the playoff that they're not going to get smacked around by georgia again no you know so I, uh, I mean, is, does it matter if he's there for that or no? I mean, who, I don't, he, I don't he,
1: think it matters. I don't think it necessarily matters. Like, I think Michigan is is as good as they're going to be with or without him. Like, is that good enough to win a win a college football playoff? I don't think so. But but you know, I don't think he's the 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 difference maker. But I do think it's important that I think that this shows that there is more to it and and, and more credence to the allegations than maybe we've seen in the past because the conference clearly clearly wants to do something the conference clearly feels like it's big enough to do something and i don't think they would they wouldn't hurt themselves if they didn't feel like it was
2: important in the in the very short term it may even be a bit of a blessing in disguise or something for michigan because if they went out beat Ohio state, go to the playoff. It's like, wow, we're actually a really good football team. We did it without our coach. We beat Ohio state with a backup. Um, we're, we're so good. But if they lose, it's like, well, we didn't have our coach. Like we got, he got the excuse built in right there. Um, as long as they don't get like absolutely blown out or something. Uh, but it's, it could be fine either way. And then that's like the ultimate redemption story is like he paid his time. He came back and let them do a playoff championship uh, at the end. So I mean, and plus Michigan, and they played well against Penn State. They had been knocked all season for they ain't played nobody, Paul. Yeah. Um. And they they still got the big one in the game coming up. So uh, it'll shake itself out. Um. But not not the end of times, I would say for Michigan, unless there's really something brewing.
1: I do wonder no. if it's the end of times for for Harbaugh though. By his own, you know, like I wonder if he's going to be like, I'm done with this. I don't. Want, I want to go back to the NFL. After, yeah. after all the... the... Uh, yeah,
0: he, he could peak Carroll it. Absolutely. Uh, but on the other flip side of that, another Jim, well, James, but Jim, but um, he had uh, Penn State's coach. the re- His record against ranked teams and ranked teams at home, it's not good. It's really it's not. not good. I, mean, I mean, he's always going to be middling. He's always going to be, like, right there behind... Ohio state in Michigan. And I just don't know that. I mean, it works because that's what they had for years with Paterno, but I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. Um, Cause the guy's been there for a year. He was supposed to elevate him. I don't know that he really has.
1: Yeah. Like what Bill O'Brien kind of took, took them after the, after the, uh, the scandal, Bill O'Brien took over Penn state and really made him relevant again. And then made him was so made them so relevant that he was you know basically made the king of of Hugh, the Houston Texans because he was like GM president and head coach all at the same time. Um, they bring in James Franklin, and who had actually been you know he was a winner at, at uh, Vanderbilt, like he had. Yeah,
0: that's why he was nine and three one year.
1: Yeah, he won significant games there. Uh, I think that. Uh, he just really hasn't been able to, they, yeah, you're so right. They're just middle. That's everything about them is just middle. And, you know, they get some great quarterback who's going to take him. Like right now it's Drew Aller. And then it's just like, nah, they're, they're not going to,
0: they can't. No. Do it. Uh, but it was another good week in uh, for football in general, uh, upsets, a lot of near upsets, uh, you know, Florida State, Miami was a good game. Utah, Washington was a game. I, I thought Utah was going to probably pull out an upset there. They didn't. Um, but then you also had, I mean, (laughs) Tulane had a, had a good scare from Tulsa. Um, then you have people like Georgia where they just throttled old Miss and kind of said, guys, we're still the number one team. Uh, just, you know, I know they put Ohio state first for the first rankings and then they were losing in halftime to Rutgers or they only had seven points. So I, I don't know. Um, then Arizona, about to go into overtime against Colorado, kicks a last second field goal, wins that one. Uh, then you had Missouri throttle Tennessee and
2: Bama. Bama
1: yeah, looking like, just like like the one of the best Bama, teams in the country yeah. just
0: ascending against yeah. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um TCU gave Texas a good scare. And oh my goodness, uh North Carolina and Duke went into overtime, won 47 to 45 for, for the Tar Heels in Oregon. USC was, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously Oregon's a better team. USC is not. And my goodness, uh, just, I don't know, another good week overall, yeah. I think.
1: Oh, I agree. I enjoyed watching a lot of these games this
0: past week. Mm-hmm.
2: Top teams still keep on chugging those undefeated five, uh, Washington Florida state. They just keep finding ways to win. And next week, Washington will get another pretty good test going at Oregon state. But other than that, not not a big slate this week. Um, I guess that's indicated by college game day, going to James Madison versus Appalachian state. Uh, although shout out to James Madison staying undefeated and who may not even be playing in the postseason due to the transition. Although I don't know if y'all saw that James Madison might get to play in a bowl after all due to technicality. Um, Wait, what because this,
1: what's the issue with them not being able to play in
2: a bowl? Because whenever you go from the FCS level to FBS, you can't play in postseason play for your first two years. Okay. And so last year they were good and they couldn't play. Last year was their first year. and They couldn't play in, in the bowl. This yeah. year would be the same. But apparently there's some like sub clause or something where if there's not enough six win teams to fill all the bowl slots, then they go to transitioning FCS teams like to fill those spots and it's not looking like there's gonna be enough anyway this year. So James Madison might might get to to go in anyhow. I don't know how that would look. Like if Tulane loses and James Madison ends up being the highest ranked group of five team, like would they still get to go to the um New Year's six game? I'm not sure. Uh that would be a pretty big story uh for their part. And then they go win, that'd be pretty awesome, honestly. Mm-hmm. You have like James Madison versus Michigan, like in the, uh, <laughs> in the cotton bowl and then they take them down.
0: Right. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of uh duly ranked team games. Like Georgia goes to Tennessee. Uh, you got Utah, Arizona. You would also have, uh, like you said, uh, Washington, Oregon state. You also have Kansas state, Kansas, uh, a lot of good ones this week. Although, I don't know if, uh, if anything really would change with the outcome of these games. I mean, um, who was it? Uh, I think the, the biggest game after that would be Ohio State and Michigan, because uh, neither of them are playing anybody this week. But, yeah, after that, I'd say the Iron Bowl. We have A&M. Well, I mean, we have Georgia State this week. We could, I guess we could talk about that here in a second briefly but um yeah we're getting down to the wire here so
2: yeah it's hard not to look ahead to the A&M game which I really want to win that one both to avenge last year's kind of pathetic performance and uh, kind of keep a safe face on this season for LSU uh, with only three losses but yeah, this week at Georgia State again at home. Georgia State's not a bad team. They're six and four, but I think they're just gonna be overmatched, especially with the talent we have on offense. Georgia State could score 45 and probably still lose. Uh so um, yeah. we'll, I think we'll be okay there. I think I think we'll we'll be able to, you know, basically do whatever we want
1: on the offensive side of the ball. Uh I would expect Jaden to have a big have a big maybe first
0: half and then probably sit out the rest of the game. Exactly. Um, Get a heavy dose of nuss. Maybe even Ricky Collins in the second. Yeah, round.
1: give Ricky Collins a few snaps. I, I
2: like that. Um, is it possible that uh, Brian Kelly keeps Jaden Daniels in there to almost try and stat pad to get his Heisman uh, hopes mm, or train rolling?
0: No, nah, I think he'll have enough by halftime.
2: That's what. Right? Yeah, I, I tend to think. I tend to think he'll
1: have. You know, the only the only thing I would say is maybe if like he, he wants to get maybe you see him in the third quarter if he if he's like close to getting like 300 yards passing. You know, what I mean, if he's already got 100 yards rushing and maybe a touch, maybe yeah. a couple throwing touchdowns and a touchdown by uh, on on the ground, and you just want to get him to that 300 yard passing mark, you know, yeah. you get in there and he throw a few to Malik or something. But um, I think the main thing, like, gosh, I want to see, I want to see every single person we have on the defense side of the ball get snaps and like try to show me something. Yeah stamps yep. ashton stamps for you know true freshman D, uh quarterback show me something
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know hey uh you know saint ryan are you actually a quarter or are you gonna place nickel i don't care show me something mm-hmm. you made your first pass deflection of your career last game Okay, do it again.
0: <laughs> he was so excited too oh i know he was um but he was based on off-
1: just won the national championship
0: yeah but just to go off of what you were saying, Tommy, I think, yeah, let's, let's see everybody. I think the only reason they would keep Jaden in it, or if there was some obscure stat that he was very close to, like if he just needed one drive and he became the leading whatever, either in LSU history or in the country for something, I could see Kelly doing that just because, I mean, he said in his press conference, this is the best player in the country. How could you not have him as the Heisman frontrunner? It's it's really true. It's crazy
1: because like, I mean, I I remember not realizing what we had with Joe until maybe, maybe four or five weeks in. Maybe after that Texas game, I didn't realize. I I, I mean, like, I know Jaden's. I know Jaden's been good all year, but like up until honestly, up until last night, I was like, man, this guy is, he's he really is the best in the country. Yeah, and, I, and especially because I got to watch him and Bo Nix and Pinnock's like back to back to back,
0: like all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's just bad. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, I think it was something Daniel said earlier, but, uh, with with uh, Thomas catching this one touchdown where it kind of just dropped in his hands in the end zone. It's like, it was so different than all, because he can throw, you know, he can throw some darts. He can throw a long pass. That one was like a big rainbow arc that dropped over the defense. It, it looked different than everything. I mean, I, I think the guy really does have a, he's found a touch. Yes. In his passing. Absolutely. And very, just very confident decision-making, which, you know, we were hoping we would see a jump from last year to this year. And we have, and the guy's showing out. No doubt. No. Uh, Okay. We got any any score score predictions to end it off. For Georgia state. I mean, geez, uh, we just, I don't know. Uh, 63
2: to 14. Uh I'm not too far away. Give me LSU 59, Georgia State 17. Yeah, I'll I'll say uh LSU LSU 52
1: Georgia State 20 uh, 21.
0: You're right. It is our defense. Uh LSU's saw-
2: favored by 30 31, by the way.
0: So mm, big what were there. we what were we with Florida? Do you guys remember? It
2: was uh, uh, 13, uh 14 14 14. And a half, right?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Which was close. Yeah, I took the over, which hit, which I was happy about. Did not touch the spread.
0: Yeah. Um. And we've talked, kind of talked about the other games, but yeah. Um. Now as for other LSU, yeah, well, women's and men's basketball did not come out of the gates looking great, but at least the LSU women kind of corrected it. Uh, but men's basketball, I mean, it was, you could say I was a buzzer beater, which but still, it's like you lost to Nichols. <sighs> you. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: then the I, women and it's supposed to be the team of destiny, like go undefeated this year and they lose in the first game by 14 to Colorado, who apparently is not bad, but still like, uh. That's a bit of a disappointment after the national championship, and then bringing in more transfers and stuff. There's still plenty of season left, but uh, early signs from the the quarter are not good. So, yeah, uh, it, uh, just,
0: these... they just gotta put it together. They just gotta. To be honest, it, so. we
2: weren't
1: we weren't dominant
2: last year to start off
1: in women's, right?
0: Mm-mm. No, I
1: don't yeah, think they like, started that way. We, I mean, it's not like we were the number one team in the nation going in, and that we never lost. We never lost hold of it, and just you know, crusaded right. all the way to the end. Um, and then the men's—I mean, they're just a mess. They're going to be a mess for a while. I'll get used to it. <laughs> we might have to go through a co- another coach or two before we actually get it right.
2: I mean, LSU's, I, mean I was going to say LSU women started the season twenty-seven and zero last year. We only lost once, which was to South Carolina in the regular oh, really? season. Yeah, the only the only loss was that like game of the century, like against number one South Carolina, and then we lost in the SEC tournament. But yeah, we didn't lose until February twelfth.
1: Okay, well, never mind. Man. That my my take is invalid.
0: Right, and we lost kind of badly to South Carolina, just from what I remember. And like you said, we lost in the SEC, but after that, they were fine. So. That's all that matters. Like what if what if LSU loses that, that one game against Colorado, then they go on in like another 28-game run. So, Hope so I I trust in Kim. Yeah. Be, because I trust in Scott. Agree. Woodward, not myself, but yeah. You know, <laughs> trust trust in Scott. I trust you, Scott. <laughs> I trust you better that I trust Scott Woodward. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know Woodward from Adam, but I know Scott. True. True. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I think we kind of covered a lot. Is there anything we didn't cover that, that kind of stood out this week in anything really?
2: Mm, I'd say that's it. I don't know if we mentioned the Georgia state game, seven o'clock central, uh, Saturday night on ESPN two. So, uh, tune in and let's finish the season strong.
0: Yeah. We didn't really do any breakdowns of it because we don't really need to, honestly. Um, well, I guess we'll save it all for, for A&M because that one should be a good one. Tiger stadium, no Jimbo. I think A&M's can be, I mean, they're already bowl eligible. I don't know who they're playing this upcoming week, but you know, they're going to bring it just because this is, I don't know, the, the SEC and I don't know if it's them or what, but they're just, they're forcing this rivalry. So we'll see. Um, it's going to be a good one, but yeah, we do have Georgia state first. So hopefully everyone stays healthy and we just take care of business and see where we land. But, uh, other than that, I think that'll pretty much do it for us here on and tigs. Hope you all enjoyed it. We enjoyed bringing it to you. Tune in next week. We will have the recap for the Georgia state, the rest of college football and anything else. So until then stay safe, stay tuned And we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.